digital marketing, whether it's Facebook ads or YouTube ads or Google ads, you can measure very predictably, this is how much I spent and this is where that customer came from. One huge advantage that SEO has over all of those other forms, those forms you stop paying, you stop getting. SEO, work that you did last year, you get this year and you're gonna get next year. It just compounds and gets bigger and bigger. I mean, it's a bit like a freight train. It takes a lot of energy to get started. But man, once it starts, it, it goes gangbusters. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. When it comes to SEO, I'll admit it isn't my strong suit. I've admitted that a ton and will continue to do so until the situation changes. But don't let that stop you from understanding just how significant it is. My guest, Chris Reed, will put the value of SEO in its proper place. Have a listen and see for yourself. Chris Reed, it is good to have you here on Ecomotics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Good morning to you. Oh man, what an awesome time to be alive and working on the internet, you know? With COVID rampaging around the world, it's, you know, it's never been a better time to have an online business, eh? <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's the only it's really I think at this point it's pretty much the only thing to do that or I guess I don't know working at a grocery store or something like that. God, God bless the frontline workers wherever they may be. Yeah, yeah, but I mean it's it's just it's it's certainly propelled more and more businesses to be online and just shown how powerful it is to have an internet business and you know, the internet's just growing faster and faster as you know, bricks and mortar struggle. You know, it, what what's the internet going to be like in ten years' time? You know, the best time to invest in in internet business was well ten years ago, and second mm-hmm. best time is right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it also goes to show to the the forward thinking nature of people who got into it prior to I myself. I've been remor- working remote. I've been social distancing, I think, my whole life. So for a lot of people, they look forward to going back to being able to go out. I look forward to getting back to making excuses not to. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah, COVID's <laughs> run cover for me for the last uh, year and a half, and uh, well. You know, the, the clock is ticking on that. Well, let's open this up for our audience, get uh, everybody uh, warmed up. Chris, tell us, what do you do and what are you up to these days? Sure. So, I mean, I'm here, sitting here in sunny Saigon, Vietnam, where it's always hot and sweaty. If you like to sweat, this is the place to be. But uh, I'm not originally from Vietnam. I'm originally from Brisbane, Australia. You might be able to tell from my funny accent. Uh, you know, and I, I study software engineering at university. And there's really two ways to make money as a software engineer. you Go to, go to Silicon Valley and you work for a tech startup or you work in finance. Uh, I took the finance route. I moved to London, worked, worked for a bunch of big banks making billionaires more money, which is you know, kind of soul-destroying work, but they pay you enough money that you learn to forget about it. And you know, life was great. You know, I was getting paid lots of money, had Europe as my playground. You know, I'd go to Paris or Berlin or Amsterdam on the weekend. Like, it was just amazing. My ego was as big as the sun. I was untouchable. Until the 2008 global financial crisis came around. And man, it took the banking world by storm. I got my ass kicked. I lost my job. So did everyone I knew. There was no jobs to be had. I went back to Australia with my tail between my legs going, awesome. I'm in my mid-20s and my career is over. Life sucks. Uh, I really didn't know what to do. I, being a computer geek, I locked myself in a dark room and I built an online game. 
not particularly because I knew anything about business. I, well, I didn't or be, wanted to be a businessman. I was just building a game to learn some new type of technology. And then I was like, well, how the heck do you get people to this website to play the damn thing? And so that's when I started learning about SEO. I discovered the secret of Google, you know, backlinks, built a bunch of backlinks to my website. And I went, wow, that's awesome. It shot up in the rankings, got a heap of traffic. I, I went, this is, this is loads of fun, you know, cause you can instantly see re- returns. I wasn't so much interested in the, the money side of it. I didn't relate that yet. I went, wow, you can make traffic go to a website. That's cool. Uh, so I quickly ditched the, ditched the game and I built a, an online service to get backlinks for businesses. And you know, that led my way into the SEO world and been doing it ever since. I'm a huge nerd, so I and I'm a huge gamer. Um, gaming is one of my one of my major passions. Uh, you know, anything that starts with Z and ends in Elda, I'm all about that. And so I just I just gotta wonder, what was the game you were making? Yeah, so I mean, being being as working in finance, you generally do desktop applications because if you don't have your systems connected to the outside world, it's really hard to hack them. Uh, and so I really just wanted to learn some internet programming. And so I was, I was learning some new stuff. It was a game based around the, what the heck was it called? Uh, Pimp Wars, this like this, this uh, turn-based, very simple strategy game uh, from many years ago. And I had a mob theme of it, but man, I didn't even end up finishing the game. I you know, got into SEO and went, that's way more fun to, to program that. I might have actually played this game, to be honest with you. It actually did ring a bell. Um, now, I, I, I can't substantiate it, but that that rang that rang a bell for me. Or maybe I just yeah, hear I mean, that I, term it, a lot. The, the site got a lot of traffic. I, you know, I, I yeah, lost evidently. it. Yeah. I, I forgot to even renew the domain name and I lost it. I checked it out a, a little while ago. We're not. Someone's selling the damn domain name now. But, you know... It, oh, but the name like Temple Wars. for many years, but there's always more more business stuff that comes up. Yeah, I I, I do uh, briefly have this image in my mind where you know you have one group they're playing the game on the front end, they're having they're having a fun, but then on on the back end, you know, you're you're not only working on it, but you're learning all the SEO and you're having like an equal amount uh, amount of fun. And it's not the first time that we've we we've seen stories where people were like you know, they'll play games and then they realize, man, I should really take this all this, uh, this competitive energy and go put it something uh, far more productive. Um, one of the very, very guests we had was, uh, we, you know, was the Steve Tan of the, of the Super Tan Brothers. And like, they took their competitive mindset. Now, now look at them. They're, uh, they're basically running a whole industry at this point. So, you know, good, good for them, but they're not here today. So I just, uh, there was the image in my head that I wanted to express. Uh, and also, so you said the 2008 financial crisis. And was that also what they would relate to at that time, which was the recession, were they hand in hand or was there like the basically like one caused the other? The global financial yeah. crisis are the same thing, really. Then one started, one triggered the next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, I was getting into podcasting at that time and I had like no money because I was in college. And so there was like a free podcast hosting service. And I remember they had to post up something and say, listen, due to the financial recession, we actually uh, can't afford to run the service anymore. So my first podcast uh, got, got axed. It, not exactly like a one-to-one parallel with what you went through, but that recession hit everybody, even us uh, college podcasters. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good eye-opener too of that you got to be prepared that the world can change dramatically very fast. You know, I thought my job was super secure. You know, I was getting paid lots of money and why would that ever stop? You know, I, I was you know, in my mid-20s and every 
six months, I was getting big pay rises. I was like, this is awesome. I'm the, you know, I'm a superstar. I was getting more money than, you know, I was pretty new out of, out of university, only a couple of years. And I'd gone from making, you know, the same money that you make at, at McDonald's to, you know, six figure salaries. And it's like, this is wicked. I, I ended up saving a bunch of money just because I made more than I could spend. You know, it's like, and I'd go to Paris on the weekend. Like that is a hell of a life. And then that can all change in a heartbeat. You know, you need to be prepared for that. You, you don't control the outside world. And yeah, so it, it was a good lesson to have earlier in life and it's kind of made me a little bit more stoic of, you know, appreciate what you have and realize it can all go away very, very fast. <laughs> Because it is, it is possible that no matter how much a person makes, they can always outspend uh, how much they make. Uh, there's uh, no shortage of celebrities that I can think of the top of my head who uh, can attest to that. It, it does lead into like one of the talking points that um, we, we can touch on. And I, and I want to get to it, but I don't want to get to it first. It's just about you know, generating predictable revenue. And that I, I think a lot of your, your prior experience um, has influenced you to make that a big, a big priority, not only what you do, but also what other people do. But one of the main things we want to talk about today is SEO. And occasionally we bring on SEO experts onto the program. And full disclosure to you, full disclosure to my audience, but it, uh, SEO is really a weak point for me. You know, like for instance, when somebody, had intro, it was Paul Motley, he first introduced affiliate marketing to me, that clicked right away because I had more of like a natural affinity for it. You know, I guess like in my perspective, you know, I see affiliate marketing is certainly, it's a promoter's game. It really um, comes down to the the cadence of a person's writing uh, uh, to a large degree. SEO to me comes across as like a form of programming, but not like coding, for instance. It's it's a matter of like information, applying it in the right spot to, to get the right results. So for a moron such as myself, what frame of mind would be a healthy way to envision SEO? So I can go back and listen to my SEO focused episodes and have an easier time of getting it because again, full disclosure, it is really a hard thing for me to understand. Sure. So I mean, straight away, it's the best form of marketing on the planet. You know, you should be doing it. <laughs> okay. You know, if you think about every other form of marketing, it kicks the pants out of it. Like traditional marketing, all of it sucks. TV, radio. I don't know why people are building, uh, you know, Super Bowl ads. You know, Oatly, Oatly did it because they're going IPO. They just want that exposure. They can't measure that however many millions of dollars it costs to have a, a Super Bowl ad to selling their oat milk. You know, it's, it, it's just so hard to measure. Digital marketing, whether it's Facebook ads or YouTube ads or Google ads, you can measure very predictably, this is how much I spent and this is where that customer came from. And so that kicks the crap out of that. One huge advantage that SEO has over all of those other forms, those forms you stop paying, you stop getting. SEO, work that you did last year, you get this year and you're going to get next year. It just compounds and gets bigger and bigger. I mean, it's a bit like a freight train. It takes a lot of energy to get started. But man, once it starts, it, it goes gangbusters. So uh, just, just recently, I was on Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast with John Lee Dermis. Uh, and we've worked with John Lee Dermis, which is, was pretty, pretty cool too. And man, it sent a ridiculous amount of leads to our website which is, was cool. And I, I spoke, so we normally focus on real estate. Most of our clients are in real estate and it's, it's great. I do have some real estate questions, but we'll get to those. We, we, you know, the more we have clients that are the exact same, the easier it is for us. You know, if we have a luxury realtor in Naples, a luxury realtor in Toronto, it's the same thing. You change the name and boom, you're done. Uh, and so we, 
just recently I've had this influx of all of these different entrepreneurs. And one thing that's in common is that they don't know how to get clients. You know, one, one woman I spoke to last night, you know, her business is doing four or $5 million, but she, it's all through referrals. And she's like, I don't know how to scale. I don't know what if the referrals stop, you know, there's no predictability. We get a bunch of referrals, then we don't get any, you know, and it's, man, that's the truth of why most businesses fail is that they can't get customers. And if you've solved that problem, man, it makes business so, so much easier. You know, I'm not the greatest businessman in the world. I screw up plenty of times, had a HR steal $30,000 one time. Like, you know, we, you name a mistake, I've been there, I've done that. But we have predictable revenue. And, you know, then you live to fight another day and it takes the stress out. You know, if you don't have financial stress with, with, with work, everything else is just fun. It doesn't really matter what happens. Uh, so that's what, you know, any form of di digital marketing can get you, but SEO is just by far the best return on that. You know, it's that compounding effect that just beats the pants off anything. So that's SEO in a nutshell. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're, 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 you're promoting it. Um, uh, you're promoting the hell out of it. That, that's for sure. And I'm, it's, it's, it's a, it's a helpful means to answer the question. There's still a lot of granularity and still a lot that I would be definitely want to go through, but to hear that level of enthusiasm, I think a shows, you know, your, your potential as a marketer, but also just how, how important it is for our audience to understand that this is a key element. You do need this for your business. So um, I guess one thing, because we, 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 we established your backstory, one thing I would like to hear about, I uh, guess I do tend to ask about, I guess, SEO's you know, uh, history and its uh, evolution. So when you were working on uh, using SEO to boost your game's awareness, how were you doing it exactly? And oh, if man. possible, I, were I, those I, I so techniques coming with you? I could go back then and slap my younger self and go, dude, read some business books. I would have taken over the world. If I had my knowledge now back then, it's like, it was so easy. You know, it, I succeeded because it was so easy. You didn't even have to try it. You know, like now it's much harder. You know, Google, Google, well, it's been working. They, they have an army of software engineers, 100, 180,000 or something last time I read, I read How Google Works by Eric Schmidt. And back then they had 180,000 people and that was six years ago or something. So however many they got now and they're constantly working on their algorithms to get it better and better. And what they're trying to do is filter out the crap and get better and better search results. And the internet economy is just growing at a crazy amount and it's fewer and fewer websites that are getting that, that money. So it's more and more valuable to have a, have a website 10 years ago or, you know, the internet economy was tiny compared to what it is today. And, you know, and Google was nowhere near as clever it is today. So it was easier, but it wasn't as valuable. Now it's harder, but it's way more valuable. And it's only going to get more complex and more valuable. So uh, it has changed a lot. But, you know, one of, the, one of the main premises that I would go back and tell my younger self is read some freaking business books, dude. And two books that dramatically changed my business are both by the same author, Mike McCallowitz. Who I've also done some work with and was also on his podcast. He, uh, if he still has one, I don't know. He's still a fabulous author. Uh, and those two books are Profit First, How to Always Have a Profitable Business, which might sound easy, but it, it's, it's not. And it's one thing that people can forget about. You know, it's like it, profit doesn't exist until you take it out of business. You need to 
take that money. What are you, what are you working for? You need that of your money to see what happens if the internet goes away. Um, and his other book called uh, Clockwork, which is about how to build a business that doesn't revolve around you. And, you know, I'm not perfect about it. Like the business, you know, I, I still brought, uh, make a lot of the growth of the business. But, you know, I just took my family away for a holiday for two weeks, came back and my inbox was not on fire. It was, there was no problems. It was just coming along. And, you know, I'm, I'm working really hard. I've got a new baby on, on, the, on the way. And, you know, I, I want to be able to take time off and, you know, spend time with my baby and have the business just run without me, not having a job. Most entrepreneurs build themselves a job. I certainly did. When I, when I first got into business, I went from, you know, working in finance, getting paid lots of money, getting to go to Paris on the weekend, to having, a, having an army of employees that depended on me to give them, you know, get, get their paychecks. And at times, you know, I wasn't taking a paycheck. I'm going, great, I get getting paid nothing. I'm working my ass off. I can't take a holiday. I can't get out because it's like you, you've taken this person's money, so you owe them that work. But it's like now there's not enough money to get that work done. And it's so you need to go and sell more work to get more money. And then there's no money for that. And, and there's no way to get out because you still got, you owe that guy work. And it, and it's this terrible little trap that many entrepreneurs get into and you've built yourself a prison cell and it sucks, man. It is really, really stressful. And that's because we didn't really understand well enough of the processes of what we're doing. And once we unlock the key of predictability by having predictable revenue, by having a sales funnel, by having a predictive man traffic coming into that, so that you know how many customers are popping out each month, man, it just makes everything go away. All of those problems go away. And that that's what any form of digital marketing can do for your business. It, it's amazing to hear you you speak to almost this level of like this this utopian lifestyle, really, where you know the work that you're doing is the work that you choose to do. It's the work that uh, that that instills you, that gets you going and got a kid on the way, you want to take your family on vacation. That to me is is a is a utopian viewpoint. It's People still want to work. Everybody, I think everybody wants to work for the most part. It's just people want to pick and choose what they want to work. They want to work where their you know their passion comes from, and it really uh, motivates them to go the extra mile. I you know I'm I, I've been pretty grateful that I don't have like five passions, and so I was able to uh, get, get pretty far on on the podcasting and the media one. But what you're, what you're saying about you know the, this business cycle of expenses, uh, this thought doesn't come to my mind very often, but I think this is as good a time as any to bring it up. But there is a level of honesty that any freelancer, really any entrepreneur um, can have about how expensive their business actually is. And then there is an even greater degree of honesty that they should have. Like I can say that, like, say, for instance, um, subscribing to the Adobe Creative Suite is a business expense. But I don't say that the electricity is a business expense. I don't say the Internet is a business expense. I don't say that having a roof over my head is a business expense. I don't say having to buy food, all of these other costs that are tangible, but I don't put them on my tax return when I, when I go give it to my, to my tax person, that is all still something that I have to earn money in order to be able to support. So what you're saying about being trapped in this cycle uh, is, is illuminating. It's really important for people to take a good long look at just how much expenses are really ramping up that if we don't meet them, they prevent us from being able to do our job. Yeah. And, and, just to mention those two books again, you know, Clockwork really talks about what's your queen bee role. Like the queen bee is the most important bee in the hive, right? Everything else is to support that 
that queen bee. And that's what your businesses should be doing too, is doing whatever you're, you're good at and outsourcing the rest, right? Like our, our company makes money when our analysts are doing SEO work for our clients. Anything else, they're not making the company money. So we outsource payroll, we outsource accounting. We even use a, a profit-first accountant to analyze our books. So just the stuff that you're talking about, we're not professionals at that. It sounds easy on paper, but it's not. And the bigger your company gets, the bigger their holes like that. Work with a freaking professional. It doesn't cost the end. Like it doesn't cost a ridiculous amount of money and they know what they're doing. Like you don't have to guess and work this out. Where should I, should I put my electricity on my tax return? Let them work that out and stay focused on making money. You know, do what you do good and let, let a professional do what they do good. Okay, so um, I brought up predictable revenue, you brought it up, and tying it in so far, it seems that um, using SEO and using this digital marketing strategy uh, is the key that unlocks that. So I'm going to frame this um, for, for my audience because I want to, I, I just don't want to pull any random you know, entrepreneurial path uh, out of thin air. I want it, to, actually, it's, frankly, it's for me too, because I got my own Shopify store. So uh, our, our audience, many of them are running Shopify stores. Um, many of us, including myself, are in the beginner level. So there is going to be SEO related to the product, but I'd like to go a little bit further because I also feel that it's important for the brand to have a lot of internal strength. Um, one of the things that excites me almost as much as a product which I'm selling, which I'm excited about because I really like this thing. It's also the affiliate marketing side too, is having a blog going, writing articles and promoting other people's uh, product as well, have the affiliate link in there. So again, coming back to my affinity for it, that's where uh, affiliate marketing excites me. So what I want to know is I'm going to go to, I go to my website after we're done this talk and how do I make sure that my SEO is up to speed? So it's it's not an easy question. I mean, it's 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 it is difficult. And the short answer is you should have a professional do it for you. That's that's the simple way. Uh, for for instance, we have a client who has a Shopify site and they sell dog products. They're two elderly ladies that love dogs, and you know they sell dog mittens and collars and you know you name it. Everything related to dog. They got some dog collars like fifteen thousand dollars. Some people have way too much. Fifteen thousand dog collars. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when they came right. to us, they were they were doing about you know uh, ten thousand dollars a month in 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 sales. And I haven't seen a report from them for a while. But leading up to Christmas, November, I think it was they were doing about eighty thousand dollars. So that's you know an eight hundred percent growth. And that's what you can do with the digital marketing spend. You know, it's really this, the, so how we work with any client, it's always the same process. The first part is understanding exactly who your client is and, you know, what are the, what are the ones that are going to spend the most money? And the, the lady I spoke to last night, she is, she, she does house builds and well, refurbishings and they range anywhere between you know, $50,000 and $250,000. And she wants more of the $250,000 ones, you know, and, same, same with generally, generally the higher the price tag, the bigger the profit margin as well. You know, we work with a lot of real, uh, real estate people, a lot of syndication companies, uh, you know, a syndication company, the minimum investment is usually 20 or $50,000, but then you'll have accredited investors that invest five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars And it's like, well, let's focus on those guys. They're, you know, there's less of them, but they're more valuable and easier to work with. 
so really understanding who your customer is, then you work out, okay, what are they searching for? It's the keyword research that is really, really super important and that people don't put enough emphasis on. And most web designers absolutely suck. I don't understand you know, what they think they're doing. You know, the average website costs fifteen dollars to $20,000 and it's a complete waste of money. You know, a website is, is, is like a business card. You can have a beautiful business card. If it's sitting in your desk drawer, it's useless. You need to be handing it out. A, a really good example is one of our clients, Avery Carl, who is on track to be one of the top 10 realtors in the country. She is a gun. She sold in 2019, she sold 53 million in, in real estate. 2020, she did 158 million. Like that is a massive growth. And she did that whilst having a baby. And you know, she credits a lot of that growth to the work that we did on her website. Only in the second year of her working with us are we refreshing her website because it looks a bit shit. You know, a crappy, we didn't build her website for to, to start with. Uh, but you know, beautiful websites don't sell things. That's a word, that's a slogan from one of my favorite marketers, Donald Miller, the story brand guy. And I like to add on that that you know, he, he says words. Beautiful websites don't sell things. Words sell things. It, those words need to get in front of people or it's all for nothing. His, his SEO sucks, by the way. Uh, he, he has a great podcast and that's where he gets, gets his traffic coming from. His SEO is terrible. It's like oh, people only are searching for his brand name, which is a very established brand name now, which is great, but he doesn't do any SEO. So if, if Don, you're listening, give me a call. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, you need to get those words in front of people. Any website, no matter how crap it looks, is going to convert at some level if it has traffic to it. A beautiful website with no traffic is never going to convert. So that's where you need to keep your focus. Don't worry about you know, how beautiful it looks like. Worry about getting traffic there first. Then you can work on, on your, uh, well, your conversion rate, to optimization, your messaging, which, you know, so to, to tell you our whole process of her work, that's the first step, understanding who your customer is, what they're searching for. Then we do a website audit to see what's wrong with your website and what needs to be fixed. Some things can be urgent, some things are not, uh, you know, but we need to work out where they are. And then we build you a strategy. Uh, and the strategy is to go from where you are today to where you want to be. The internet is so much bigger than any of our little human brains can comprehend, you know, some, some search, like, you know, a keyword, like how to invest $50,000, which is a great keyword for our syndicators that are looking for $50,000 investments. You know, that keyword has 20,000 searches every single month. You know, your brain cannot fathom what 20,000 people look like. You know, uh, real estate investing has 500,000 searches every month, every single month. And you know, there's no way you can comprehend what 500,000 people look like. It just, our brains can't work on that scale. And so if you want 10 customers a month or 100 customers a month or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000, it's possible. The internet is so big and there's so many people searching for stuff that it's super possible. And that's what we do is build out a strategy. How do we get you from here to there? And, you know, it's predictable. It works every single time. Uh, another really great book that I read was called 80, 20 sales and marketing by something Perry. Just look that up. Uh, and he has a chapter in there about the power of guarantees. And, you know, after reading, I was like, well, we can guarantee our work, right? Because 
it, you know, you follow our strategy, it works every time. And man, we added in guarantees and oh, one of the best decisions we ever had. It, you know, because it takes takes the pressure off the, the client, right? It's like, what, are you going to do all this for me and you're going to guarantee that it works? And yeah, we will guarantee that it works. because you And it gives us more control too because in the guarantee, it's like you have to do what we say. You know, you can't go, you're hiring us to be experts. You let us do what we do and then we'll guarantee the work. If you want to do it yourself, then get out of here. We don't want to work with you anyway. So it gives you much more power, much more trust, and it's, it's fabulous. And Google is working very hard to understand what the internet is about and give people a good trusted search result. If you give Google what it's looking for, it's going to reward you. You make it simple for Google to understand what the hell your site is about, what it should rank for, and man, it's going to feed you traffic all day long. You know, it's funny because if you think about different ways to figure out what would be a, um, uh, say, again, coming back to a dropshipping country, what would be like a winning product? Another route to, to take too is, you know, what are the winning keywords? What are what are the terms that people are searching for, especially maybe um, relevant in a certain point in time, like change of seasons or, or holidays or something along those lines. And so keywords can actually be a starting point to figuring out what need can I can I resolve? What problem can I solve with the business that I start? Yeah, and so, I mean, it's really important to make sure you get Google Analytics installed on your site and use Google Tag Manager correctly. <laughs> Often we'll, we'll see even big sites like uh, Lab Code Agents, which is a massive site. They got 138,000 people in their Facebook community. Like, they're massive. Uh, we, we just did an audit with them and they've, they've got analytics installed twice. Their Tag Manager screwed. They're not tracking anything correctly. And... You want to see where people are coming on your website. What are they? What? Are, how are they interacting with it? And where are those conversions coming from? You know, we generate traffic from Google, but we're trying to report to our customers, not search engine rankings or traffic, because who gives a crap at the end of the day? You know, if we don't make our customers more money, they don't stick around. We want to make damn sure that they know that those clients came from us, because wherever they start with us, we always want to go. Okay, what do we need to hit to double the budget? Because it's way easier for us to work with someone that's you know, one client that's spending 20 grand a month or 10 clients that's spending two grand a month. It's a lot more fun and a lot easier to work with one client. And that's what we want to keep doing. You know, how much, how much do we need? What target do we need for you to double the budget? And that's what we'll really work towards. Here's where these people come, came in your CRM and this is where they converted from. You know, and the more you analyze that, the more you understand about your customers. You know, one thing I really like, is sales over marketing, right? It's sales, you get instant feedback. You're on a sales call and you can see what happens. And, you know, you, you get the money or you don't. You know, I, and I, I know if you don't get the money on the phone, you're less likely to get the money because people are, they make the decision right there. You know, why would they make a decision later? Where an e-commerce website is tricky because you don't get to see that person. You don't get to see why they didn't buy yeah, and so you don't get that instant feedback. You, you're talking to a lot more people, so you can measure statistical relevancy, and that's where you need a lot of traffic because us humans, we might think we're all unique, but when you put us in a group of a million, we act very, very much the same. And so when you have lots of people, you can you know, measure statistical relevancy and go, oh, great, a green button rather than a red button makes my conversion rate go up 1%. And when you've got a million people going to your website, one percent makes a massive, massive difference in your in your bottom line. So, 
yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's 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 a power of a great website anyway. Well, it's just the fun that I have on the uh, on the job here is I just get to absorb all of this information. And I certainly would like to go to a convention with 10,000 uh, other people, all of who have the exact same tattoo that I have. I feel like that would be an interesting insight. And it's funny, there there's a term for it. I'm sure I'll, I'll come up with it later on when I'm struggling to fall asleep. But it's this idea of how individualism can actually be accurately represented at scale. Because you have one person with their own wants and needs and, and likes and dislikes and fears and then, you know, that person runs into the next 10 people and there's enough variance there that they don't, there's, there's some things in common. Like everybody's got to breathe. Everybody's got to go to the bathroom. But other than that, it's not that much. But then you scale out to the whole world. And now all of a sudden, all of that traffic is finely tuned. So each person coming through is actually, well, there's a term for it, which is the avatar. It's trying to figure out who is the avatar and how many instances of this avatar are there, are are out there in the world to, you know, to make my business scalable. Yeah. Understanding your customer avatar is so important. You know, and I mean, again, that's why I really like sales because I get to speak to the people and and talking about your ideal job, right? That's my ideal job. I have other people running the company and they do a better job than me anyway. I'm a terrible manager. I hate it. I I like talking to people. I like getting on -on one-on-one calls and, and closing deals. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I've set the company up so that, I can do that. And that, that's, that's my joy and understanding exactly who your customer is. And, you know, I, I can tell pretty, pretty readily whether we're going to like working with them. And, you know, we're at the size that we get to pick too. It's like, you're not going to be a good fit, dude. Like I don't want to work with you. you know, I want to work with someone that has big goals and wants to grow their business. You know, I want someone when I say, Hey, I want you spending 50 grand a month and their eyes light up. They go, hell yeah. And then I'm like, oh, what the hell? Who's going to spend 50 grand a month on marketing? It's like someone with you know, big dreams is going to spend 50 grand a month on marketing. Yeah. And, wh- and why not? If you could, you know, cause if you, if you're spending 50 grand a month, you imagine what sort of return you're going to be getting on that. Like, yeah, yes, please. So what's the, what's the milestone that a business should uh, needs to cross before they can reach out to Ardor and, uh, and be a potential client with you? Yeah, so I mean, you want to have some money in your pocket because uh, it, it, yep. it building yep. a there's a milestone for sure. Yeah, yeah, is is not cheap. You know, if it was easy to do, then everyone would be doing it. So the the first thing that we do is what we call a business growth blueprint, and that's where we uh, define your custom avatar. We do we follow Story Brand by Donald Miller. Love love his book. Read read it three times, and we we follow his process to build your story brand brand script, which that all is really valuable. Uh, we do your keyword research, website, we'll build a strategy. And man, these strategies are super comprehensive. They show everything that you need to do to get to wherever your goals are. Uh, and so a strategy like that costs $3,000, which sounds like a, a fair chunk of change, but man, it's the most valuable part. Like if you screw that up, everything else is going to suck. You know, if you rank in for the wrong keywords, you've got your custom avatar wrong, then you're not going to make money. It's so, so valuable. And man, I wish I had done it when you know, I started business. It would have saved me five years, you know, <laughs> so five years learning the hard way. Well, you know, I, like I said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the game now. I'm not exactly profitable at the moment to put it charitably. Um, but $3,000 is actually not that prohibitive. 
that's that's money that I can you know I can earn at my job. I can I can put the money away and I can actually bring that. It's not I don't know. I guess I was expecting like f- I don't know twenty thousand or thirty thousand. Well, that's for us um, to is, do a strategy. Then to implement the strategy is a different investment. The strategy is yours to keep and do with as you please. You're welcome to fix it yourself. We certainly hope that you absolutely love it and you want to implement it with us. The minimum that we that we work with is 2K a month. Uh, we're about to increase that just because well, because we can. And <laughs> and it's it's just way more enjoyable for us to work with bigger clients. When we used to work with small clients, you know, they need results straight away. In fact, I'll give you a great example. So that e-commerce customer that I mentioned before that went from 10K to 80K, the, they the sell icons? other people's stuff. And uh, they were selling so much of this dog carrier that the person that manufactures the dog carrier asked them, who does your marketing? Because you sell more of our carriers than we do. Uh, and they contacted us. And they're only a small company. And they said, hey, you do an awesome job with their marketing. Can you handle ours? And their budget was really small. And we're like, okay, sure. It, but with a small budget, it's going to take time. And she needed results right now. And we like, she was with us like three months or something. And I was like, wow, you've gone like the keyword dog carrier has like a pet. She was starting to rank for pet carrier and dog carrier. One has like 20,000 searches a month. One's got like 30,000 searches a month. She got to page two of Google, like right at the top of page two. And she's like, I'm going to quit. I'm like, are you crazy? You, You quit now and you get zero return on what you've invested. If you keep going, those keywords are just about to hit there and you're going to open the floodgates. And you know, she's like, oh, maybe we'll work with you again later. I'm like, no, you won't because like, I'm not going to take you back. Like, get out of here. <laughs> it's like just, just crazy. You, know, you need the legs to, to get it going. Uh, the reason that we do a strategy is so that we can show this is going to be your growth arc and that's what we guarantee uh, and it depends on where you start. There's no, you know, if you've got a big established website, it's much easier. We can get results quicker. If you're brand new, if you don't have a website, it's going to take longer. Google does, if you just bought your domain today, Google does not trust you. Because you know, anyone can write any crap they want on the internet. Google's not going to trust someone that's brand new. But if you're already getting zero traffic, it's going to take a bit of work. Avery Carl, the, the woman that I mentioned, uh, I, I, looking at her strategy refresh, when she started with us, she was getting around 40 to 50 visitors a month. Not very impressive. Uh, when we redid her, her, her second strategy for her, she was getting 7,000 visitors. So that's what we achieved in, in a year, well, less than a year, about 10 months for her. Uh, now on page two and three of Google, she, she's ranking for keywords worth around 43,000 searches a month. So all of those are moving towards the front page. So that's like the the beauty of SEO, where it's you know it it's not linear; it grows exponentially. So she went from near zero to seven thousand in year one. Next year, next year, I'd imagine it'll go from seven to you know thirty or forty or fifty thousand. You know, it's it's a much bigger growth growth arc, and it's just going to keep growing from that. You know, and the, the beauty, the more we understand her business, like I had lunch with her account manager the other day, they never speak because we already understand what she does and we just work on a site and get it done and she runs a business. 
she's also now like opening a mortgage brokerage because she sells so much real estate. So I might as well say your loan as well. And it's like awesome. So she gets to go and do her business and, and not worry about her marketing. She knows that we got it covered and we're getting the mortgage business as well. So it's like awesome. <laughs> okay. So something there that I wanted to, to touch on just to make sure I'm understanding it. So you had said that, um, for, for that client, they managed to get to, I think it was around like what page three of the ranking or you was talk it about like the dog carrier? Yes. Yeah, I think so. They yeah. got to page two. They were page right near okay. the top of page two. No one goes to the second page of Google, right? Even the, the top 10. So if you're at the bottom, there's, there's, there's 10 search results on the front page of Google for those that don't know. Uh, if you're around number 10 or number nine, you're getting around three to 4% of the traffic. About three to four percent of people will click on number nine and ten. If you're number if you're number two, you get fifteen percent of the traffic, which is what you know five times as much. If you're number one, you get about thirty three percent of the traffic. So the difference between number two and number one is over a hundred percent more traffic. In fact, I I had a lunch with with the the webmaster of Pornhub one time, and they get a lot of traffic, and he he told me. Without just looking at their analytics, he could tell tell if they were number one in Google for the keyword porn. It like it would just be that much traffic difference if they were number one or number two. You know, it's like that. That's how stark it is. But yeah, no one is going to page two of Google, and even if they do, it's divided by those ten there. So you're not going to get any traffic. She was so close to to making money that she didn't have the legs to make it. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. I don't normally do tests like this, but I just popped into Google Pornhub is still number one. Okay, I totally didn't have that tab open earlier. And also, by the way, earlier on, you were trying to remember the name of that uh, that author. Uh, it was Perry Marshall, the eighty twenty sales. Yeah, fabulous book. Hub, oh, and, and, and there's a, a previous book called Eighty Twenty, which is about like you know twenty percent of the people in the world have got eighty percent of the money, and then even twenty percent of those people have eighty percent of that money, and it keeps going infinitely. Uh, which it you know, does, you know, until even you get yeah, to the billionaires. The top 20% of billionaires have 80% of the billionaire money. <laughs> and the same with your clients, right? 20% of them will be bring you 80% of your revenue. Understanding who those people are, you know, is how you need to focus your sales and your marketing. And that's what that book is all about. It really, really increase both our sales and our marketing and, and filtering stuff out. In fact, let, let me show you a really great sales funnel, which is our sales funnel. I think it's fabulous. And in fact, I had a sales call last night. The woman gave me her money and she commented on how good it is. Because we do it, we eat our own dog food, right? We do our own marketing. And so we get a lot of traffic and we don't have time to speak to everyone. I don't want to speak to someone that's going, yeah, I got $200 a month to spend on SEO. Get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. You know, I want someone that's serious about growing their business that they know okay, it's going to cost me $3,000 to do a strategy. And then at a minimum, I'm going to have to invest $2,000 a month. So I'm going to ask you for $30,000. Ideally, I'll ask you for $50,000. I want someone that's bloody serious, not someone that's joking around. And so I want 
our sales funnel to filter out all the rubbish. And so if you, in fact, we'll set up a landing page. So if you go to Ardor SEO, Ardor means to do something with a fiery passion. And if you can't tell from my funny accent, it's spelled A-R-D-O-R. So ardorseo.com slash debutify. <clears throat> and there's a little video of me talking about what, what we do, predict, giving you predictable revenue. Put in your, your name and email, and then we have what's called a tripwire product. So we do a video review for you. So we'll show you exactly what your potential customers are searching for in what search volume and show you some simple things that you can change on your website to get your message in front of them and predictably grow your business. And that's for the whopping massive price of $7. You know, a $7 price tag is just such a great tripwire product. <clears throat> for one, it filters out all the crap because anyone that you know, isn't serious about their business isn't going to invest $7 and so then I'm not speaking to them. So it's great. But it's not that much that you need to think about. But when someone whips out their credit card and gives you money, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or 10 cents, whatever, the trust value goes up dramatically. You know, you need to deliver on that. If you took someone $7 and you give them crap, then you've destroyed that trust. But once someone gives you any amount of money, like that your authority level goes through the roof and your trust level goes up, Oh, I gave you money and you, you returned on that, on, on what you said you do. Awesome. And so now they're in our sales funnel and they're a really qualified lead. And so once they understand what we do, we, we book in a call and then, and then those convert like crazy. And that's, that's a really great way to filter out the crap, filter out the noise and make sure that you know, our pipeline's only filled with really, really great potential clients. So awesome sales funnel that really converts very well. ArtorSEO.com slash Debutify. I, I checked that out while you were describing it. I was tempted to pull up a screen share, but I don't, I don't like to uh, leave the uh, the audio people out in the cold, but uh, y'all can check out the link uh, as uh, as I will have after what I'm not uh, micro- micromanaging. Um, here's here's a, okay, a couple of small things I'm wondering about because I've only got you for another eight minutes. Um, one of them is, A, there are other search engines um, and I'm coming up the heels of another conversation that I had uh, earlier this week with Dr. Robin Gaster and like the, where that conversation got to on that subject is that, you know, Google is really like it, it. Google controls the prices, Google controls all of it. Is there any significance or relevance to these other search engines or is it the same thing where it's just the scale there isn't coming into your radar? They're, do, they're trying to do the same thing. You know, they're trying to organize the internet and give you the best search result. That's what Google's trying to do. You know, so I imagine that if you rank well in Google, you're going to rank well in Bing, but who gives a crap? Like, you know, why go after what's Bing got? Like 8%, 10% of the market? Why would you go and focus on 10% when you can 90% over there? You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, like I, I do, like I do end up doing a number of searches on Google. Um, but I also use uh, DuckDuckGo as my primary search engine. And the thing for me is it's more about, you know, sometimes I do just want to support the little guy just to. I mean, for sure. It's, it's, Some of it is just a concern, oh, like as a trust thing. Wires. Sometimes I don't find Google hundred percent trustworthy, but that's because yeah. I'm more of an outlier. A, a couple of our hippie uh, team members were using DuckDuckGo and I was like, guys, we work with Google, use Google. Even if you like the little guy, we need to know what Google search results look like. We don't. Yeah, yeah, they're on the job. Yeah, I, that I understand. You're on, the, you're on the job, and you know it is terrible that the world's owned by Walmart and Amazon and giant 
companies like that. I'm all about supporting the little guy, and that's awesome that we can give him a voice and give him a power. But Google's a search engine that everyone uses, so that's what you should focus on. If you're doing ads, you know, Google ads work or Google wouldn't make any money. Alphabet, the parent company of Google, something like 95% of their revenue comes from Google ads. It's almost all of them. Uh, so they, they work. Bing ads are cheaper. So if you've got a campaign that's working with Google ads, it'll work with Bing ads. You won't get as much traffic because there's not as many clicks there, but it's cheaper. Uh, so you, you can do it, but ads are not as, as a good return as SEO. So if you want to set up an ad campaign, go for it, but focus your SEO on Google. Another one that I'm wondering about is the degree of pushback that maybe you would encounter based on the brand. Like, you know, you, you, you provide a strategy and maybe the messaging has very, such a variation from maybe the message that they want to convey. Have you ever run into a situation like that where you have to have a little bit more of a compromise between their vision and the vision that they so, yeah, maybe should have? It, it comes a, a line, right? At, at one point, it's their money and you have to give them what they want, kind of, but it's also they're paying you to give you expertise. So you somewhat have to be stern and go, hey, dude, you li listen to me. This is what we do professionally. You know, sometimes people get all caught up on their logo. And it's like, dude, who gives a crap about your logo, dude? No one. You know, I use the example of Starbucks, right? Starbucks is a stupid name from some B-grade sci-fi movie. They got a naked mermaid on their logo. It's a stupid logo. And they're a multi-gazillion dollar brand that's all around the world. You know, your name does not matter as much as you think it does. Neither does your logo. No one's buying you because you're your name or your logo. You know, when you're a smaller company, it's good to be really clear what you do. Like our business is Ardor SEO. What do you think we do? You know, it says it on the tin. <laughs> it's like Jim's plumbing. It's, you know, it, if you can tell people straight away what you do, you know, I, I actually even think under Starbucks, it's Starbucks coffee house or Starbucks coffee and something. You know, it's like, it tells you what they do. Now they don't need to mention the coffee bit because they're such a brand. You know, Amazon, it used to be always Amazon, the everything store, right? You know, it used to, used to push that so much. Now it's just Amazon. Everyone knows what they are. So don't get caught up on that stuff. What is super important, and I really, uh, Donald Miller's Story Brand, fabulous book, read it three times. His other book, Marketing Made Simple, is really good as well. You know, he talks about clarity. People run away from confusion. They buy clarity. And, you know, I, I'm the same. Whenever I have a sales call and I don't get money, it's because I didn't explain the process well enough. I wholeheartedly believe that I failed. Because if you understood what we do, you'd give me your money. You know, it's it's as simple as that. And I'm getting people to understand you is difficult. You know, I've got three young kids. And you know, <laughs> understanding, trying to work out what they understand and what you say is is challenging. And it's the same when you're speaking with an adult. You know, different words mean different things to different people. And getting your message across is hard. You know, and getting that on your website really clearly. How do you make that person's life better? You know, and make sure that it's not about you because just like in sales, no one gives a crap about you. You know, so no one cares about your brand. They care about how are you going to make their life better? And that's what good sales and marketing is. Also, um, while you're describing that, I can confirm that um, I typed in Starbucks, uh, two things. One, the mermaid is naked. And two, uh, it, it does say Starbucks coffee company. Um, so that is, it is, 
I don't know. I'm, I go to Starbucks at least like twice a week because there's one way too close to my apartment for my own good. And uh, often, yeah, I don't really think about the fact that there is the coffee company to it. It's just the brand has become so synonymous with uh, with my behavior. So with Chris, I, I have so little time left. So I'm going to hit you with a completely um, random question about real estate because um, I just wanted to defer to your expertise for that for a second. So with real estate, and I know that this is a dumb question where I'm asking it, but I'm doing it anyways because I just want it, is... It tends to me, it comes across as one of those markets where it's really, it's a winner's game. In order to be able to get into real estate, I have to have enough money to even make a down payment on a, uh, on a home or a condo or something like that. Is there any method or strategy to get into real estate on, uh, at a, at a lower budget? Like what's like the, the, the low thresholds to take a crack at the real estate market? So, so to correct you there, we're, we're an expert at real estate marketing, not not oh so God. much real estate in itself. Okay, but, uh, fair enough. But it has crossed your radar, I'm hoping. For, for sure. I mean, I, I speak to people about it all the time. Uh, and property pricing in the US, holy cow, you can get some cheap price. Like I, I see people buying houses for under 100k all the time. It's like, man, in Australia, you wouldn't get a you know a shack for you know half a million dollars. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. Well, well, I'm in no, Canada. Even this water is like. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's like everything that it's you got to go out and find those little sweet spots, you know. And doing up a house and thinking you can sell it for more, well, you need to know what you're doing. It's it's not an easy game. If it was easy to do, then everyone would do it. So, another this episode's probably going to go out too late. But if you go to the Real Estate Masters you'll see that we're putting on a, a, a summit and. It's massive. We've got 42 of the biggest speakers in real estate. Not only real estate, we have Donald Miller from Story Brand speaking. We've got world-class people telling you how to how they built their business, how Avery Carr sold $158 million. We've got several of the, the top 10 realtors in the U.S. speaking. We've got you know, syndication companies, multifamily people, how to, how to do real estate marketing, everything that you need to, need to do. In fact, I, I just saw a promotion go out uh, this morning about Avery Carl. She she was a bartender six years ago or something, and she just commented on, "Holy cow! I retired from a, as a bartender six years ago." And then she listed out the amount of properties she's invested in this month. It's like, "Holy cow! How big is your portfolio now?" Like, and that that's how fast you can go in six months, uh, six years, if you just keep reinvesting. And that's the that's the beauty of business, beauty of SEO. You know, you keep reinvesting in your website, it keeps growing your business. You keep reinvesting that money back in your business, it keeps on growing, you know? Well, um, with that, um, it really has been uh, fantastic to, to have you for the time that I that I had. Um, thank you to you and your and your people for reaching out to us to, to book this on. It's always a pleasure to get the intake as well as uh, the outtake. Uh, if there's anything you want to do to close us out, uh, the floor is yours once more. Wisdom, any more books you want to mention, just go through your, your, your socials, your website. You know the drill. Uh, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the most social person, so don't look for me on social media. I like to live in my little 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 cave and hide away from my children. Okay, got it. Uh, but yeah, check out the Real Estate Master Summit. That'll show you just how much we're into real estate marketing. You know, niching down. There's power in the niche. And check out our awesome sales funnel at ardoseo.com/slash/debutify. But this episode will go out after the fact. So how can we find the Real Estate Summit afterwards? 
Uh, well, if, you can still go to the website and you'll see some, some pretty cool stuff there. I, I will have something up there that's pretty special. Okay, terrific. Um, well, well, to our audience, plenty of takeaways, uh, a lot of good reading material, a lot of important things to think about with SEO and really like what any, any of us are, are capable of. You know, it takes motivation, it takes harder, it takes passion to do it. Uh, and so um, today is just one more opportunity that I've gotten to be able to impart some of that to all of you as just as much as it's been imparted on me. So Chris Reed, uh, thank you for, for your time. It's been, a, it's been a blast. To our audience, take care, and we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.